Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of Spellcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and this is my co-host, Andreel. Greetings, friends. Upon looking at the history of our podcast, we realized that we have not yet really given a lot of foundational understandings of basic magic, or practical magic, so to speak. So, the next couple of episodes, we'll be talking about just that, some how-tos, some basic spells, what you can do to um, further enhance your magical experience. But first, we're going to talk about, uh, in the most foundational way possible, I suppose the foundation of the foundation... (laughs) is the correspondences of magical timing. And what that entails, essentially, is when it is appropriate to cast something and in what particular situation will give a stronger resonance as to what it is you're trying to accomplish. So we will be talking about the phases of the moon. We will be talking about the four seasons, the times of the zodiac. There are different zodiacs out there as well, so things to consider. Um, and times of day and special days as well. So we'll give brief overviews of all of them. Yes. So it should be a really uh, exciting next couple episodes. Again, we're going to try to accomplish as much of this planetary or just timing in general in this episode. So if we have to go into a part two, we will. And then after that, we're going to be talking about specific spells. So we thought doing the timing first would be helpful before we go into either love spells, prosperity spells, or specific things. Because while going over that, you will hear you need to do, or you should. It's better to do during this time of the day, this day of the week, this moon phase. So now you'll have a good background as to what we're talking about and why it's good. Because, you know, anyone that's new to magic might not know why it's that important. So we hope to cover that basis for you. Wonderful. So... Let's begin. Let's start with the moon phases. Now, casting spells during the moon phases, if we think about it, we think of the nighttime, we think of the moon, we think of the sixth chakra. Chakras are another thing that we will reference. Mm -hmm. We will will talk about that in a further episode. Um, But for those of you who who do know or can reference this quickly, um, the sixth chakra is also related to the third eye. And the third eye is related to the divine feminine, the psychic, and higher energies. We think that fluorescent blue energy that we try to channel and visualize as we're casting a spell. So, the moon is that representation of the intangible. What magic uh, truly is when we think about it at a core. Um, not that the sun and masculine tendencies don't have that, but, you know, re- reference the divine masculine and feminine before this. <laughs> um, so the moon has many unique phases. Sometimes people just divide them into four. We think the, you know, the new moon, uh, the waxing uh, part of the moon, the full moon, and the waning part of the moon. But we are going to divide them into uh, a little bit more... Uh, uh, sub sub uh, subcategories. Yes, yes. A little more. <laughs> there we go. There's the word. Um. So we're going to start with the new moon and the dark moon. Now, some people say, and there's some discrepancies on this, is that the new moon and the dark moon are the same thing. Uh, whereas some people say, no, there is the dark moon, then there is the new moon. Now, essentially, from a visual standpoint, yes, they are the same thing. It's like what you see in the sky is is nothing. 
you know, that there is no moon, there is no moon visible. Or, I mean, if you have a really good eyesight with the, the angle in the sky, occasionally you'll see the silhouetted shadow of uh, the moon being there, you know, like uh, the, the, the dark shadowy circle that's in the sky. Now, the dark moon, in my experience, obviously always comes before the new moon because we must go dark before the, you know, the dawn of the new light can come. Now, the dark moon is probably the most powerful timing where you can cast spells relating to destruction ends, um, things of a, of a darker magical standpoint, things that uh, have a more shadowy nature, so to speak. So um, you can use this to banish really powerful uh, negativity from your life. You can use this to cast really strong curses. You can use this to work with things that are a bit more intangible, dive into your subconscious. It is a very a powerful time to work with the goddess Ecti. Um, Truth be told, you can work with her during the full moon, uh, the waning moon, and the dark moon. Truth be told, she kind of there's little bits of her that I, I found that sit uh, powerfully in different ways. Her power kind of transmutes depending on where the the uh, the moon phase is sitting. Um, the dark moon is for that reason. It's the dark moon is very similar to the waning moon, uh, which again you know you think waning. It's right in the word. Things that wane, things that need to end, going back in time. You can even use uh, that as a uh, you know, as a power source for spells that can help slow down time which we will talk about. That was always a very unique one. And we think of time, you know, the, the two particular deities that come to mind, we think Kronos and, and Saturn or Saturnus. Um, you know, father time gods. I think a lot of people would uh, be very interested in slowing down time. I feel like it's either you want to slow down time or you want to speed it up. So um, those are good things to have on hand. And also something good to know when you're working with moon magic as well, um, it kind of applies to most moon phases, but, you know, uh, for the dark moon and new moon, you can do anything within three days after or before the phase. Um, so it obviously is more powerful on the day of the newer dark moon, but it's also okay to work within three days because, I mean, you know, in modern society, we all have things to do. Sometimes you have to work at night. Sometimes you just, you have other obligations. Sometimes you're just really ridiculously exhausted, which has really been uh, our excuse for not being on time with our podcast in which we apologize, friends. Yes, that has been the theme of uh, recent time for us because we've just been really busy with a lot of mundane things. And so, as you can tell, it happens and it's okay. Don't stress it. Don't worry about it. Just do the best you can. And if you miss something, you miss it. There's every month almost, you know, you can really just try again next time. But yes, so um, the new moon, uh, which again, like I was saying before, which uh, uh, proceeds the dark moon, uh, the new moon, um, though is roughly around you know the same energy, that transition point, that pivot point, so to speak, you can use the new moon for anything that you're planting new seeds about. I love particularly doing creativity spells at the beginning of the new moon. It's a, it's a glorious time to work with uh, deities like Mercury, Thoth, Hermes, um, to help you, or even Odin, 
um, for uh, the 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 Norse pantheon, um, for new adventures of art and poetry, building a business, commerce, new connection, planting the seeds of your idea, and really getting them into motion. Uh, the first time I did this spell, that was really when the next wave of poetry started coming my way, and I was also able to start writing my book, which will one day be available um, for uh, everyone to read. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Um, the new moon can also, you know, if we think anything, you know, it can be anything from things that are mundane. It's just like, oh, okay, the new moon, I want to start this new chapter in my life. This new, um, perhaps a new job. Perhaps I want to, uh, it, it could be your first spell to really dive into witchcraft and spellcraft as a whole. You can, be, you can essentially cast a spell that says, you know, hey, this new moon, uh, may I use its energy to, you know, mark the turning point, the milestone, the next level in my spiritual journey. You can use the new moon for uh, gardening spells. You know, you're literally planting the seeds and sowing the seeds uh, because people have different gardening seasons, you know, depending on where it is, your climate you know, is and how the seasons affect where you live. Yes, yeah. So gardening during the moon is also something that will help enhance your herb magic later on. So the things that are produced later, um, it adds more power to your spells because of when you planted it. Uh, when we were at a Beltane festival, a woman that was selling essential oils um, attributed a lot of her success to when she plants it because she pay pays a lot of attention to moon phases, times of year, and seasons and really plants things when they'll be the most powerful when they're fully grown. Um, good things to plant during the new moon are leafy crops like spinach, lettuce, cabbage, anything that has like the seed um, outside of the fruit and also grains. So that's something to keep in mind as well when you're planting. Uh, I know we're a little far off from most planting seasons unless you're maybe in the southern hemisphere right now. Uh, but other than that, it's it's good to keep in mind for next year. And also, uh, Llewellyn's uh, Herbal Almanac is a good thing to get every year. You should probably start getting that now so you're ready for spring. I try to get those every year. I really like that book. It's, you know, an almanac about when to plant things, where to plant things. And they have little stories about personal experiences from people. So if you are interested in starting herb magic this next spring and planting your own garden instead of buying everything for it uh, that's a good way to save money and also to really connect with the earth i would suggest that llewellyn book and also uh, herb magic for beginners which i'll be referencing in a later episode so yeah those are all good things to get your hands on you know there's uh so much that, that can be done but uh to to uh, just give focal points so we can move on uh, and not give the entire podcast just to the first phase of the moon. <laughs> um, you could think anything related to new to new health, um, perhaps uh, new new beauty, new image, self improvement, um, finding new jobs, um, love and romance in the ways of building something in a in a slow, deliberate sort of. Uh, way as opposed to a full moon or, you know, magic during the summer, which might be a little bit more lusty and intense. There are different types of love out there, folks. Mm -hmm. Never think linearly about these kind of things. And any sort of new endeavors. Um, so moving on, now we think the waxing crescent. 
the waxing crescent. Crescent is a time of a little bit. So we think the same ideas for the um, the new moon, but a little bit more, a little bit more of a drive, a little bit more of a light, a little bit more. This is this is a little bit. Uh, we think the next level. Um, we also uh, seeing how it is is a medium point because the new moon is an extreme, much like the full moon. It's an extreme. You the the polar sides of the moon. Now we're in times of change. So. Um, uh, anything that's a drive to like matriarchal growth, because when we think of the moon, we think you know uh, maiden mother crone, um, the you know, the phases the phases of the the life of the life of a woman statistically. Um, so you think any sort of uh, spells that have to do with your emotions, perhaps you want to change the way you feel about something or understand why it is you're feeling something. This is a good time to do stuff like that. Um, uh, things that are changing at a rapid sort of weight. If you feel like you're changing, keep casting that spell. Some people cast the same spell from the new moon all the way to the full moon and uh, when they're trying to manifest something. And the same thing with the full moon to the dark moon is when they want to cast something that they're trying to rid themselves of. There's nothing wrong with casting the same spell a couple of times. It doesn't necessarily mean your magic is not working, friends. It's something, you know, it's a different kind of consistency. It's what you feel. You know, go with what you feel. Um... If you're making business-related deals, say you're trying to land that deal with somebody or you're trying to you know, have negotiation, that is a really good time to work with the waxing part of the moon, especially right as soon as you start seeing a crescent. It's also a good time to communicate with, uh, with animals because, you know, animals move with uh, the tunes of nature. Um, also, you know, throughout the entire idea of the moon phase, we were, are also thinking of, uh, you know, keep in mind the tides and anything related to water. Yeah, that's always something um, important to keep in mind as well. I'm sure uh, when you're working with different herbs and everything too, is you're going to notice that when we start talking about our spells, like the prosperity spells, love spells, things like that, you're going to notice these moon phases. I think that's something important to note because most uh, spell books will include what moon phase, what day of the week, what time, like things like that. So that's why we're going over this. It's important that you understand why people are saying it's important to do during a certain moon phase. And then you'll be able to connect it, like he said. So, you know, you'll be able to connect it where, oh, well, this herb is a water element. It's related to Venus or, you know, like yarrow. So that's why I'm doing it during this moon phase or during this spell because this is what I want and it's associated with those elements and those ideas. Yes. Wonderful. Um, also, I would also say that the crescent moon and, and up to probably the first quarter of the moon is a good time to think about entities that are kind of down the middle. So uh, one of the most notable would be the fae, you know, the fairies mm -hmm. in, uh, in Irish Celtic folklore. If you work with the fae... Um, you know, think about a time. There's a little bit of light in the sky, not completely. You know, the 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 contoured beauty that are, that are the fae, the the sparkly the sparkly wisps of the night, um, are something to keep in mind. Um, you can also uh, work with the elements. 
uh, when you're so now we're up to like the first quarter of the moon. Uh, sorry if I didn't specify that. So working with any sort of like elements, if you take part in any sort of kinesis, that's something that you know might be uh, affected because you know change, movement. We think you know change is movement. Change is not staying in one particular place. So this. If you really wanted to try things anywhere from telekinesis, pyrokinesis, aerokinesis, uh, hydrokinesis, uh, geokinesis, anything related to that sort of movement um, can be powerful at these times. Not that they're not powerful during other phases, but this is, this is you know, a time of movement. It might have a different sort of effect. You might notice that you might make a candle uh, crackle as opposed to move and change in um, uh, length, you know. Yes, and I think that's good to bring up with the kinesis and everything and talking about moon phases because this might help build people's confidence where if you are trying that for the first time and you feel like you're not really getting anywhere, well, first, kinesis is very hard. Um, you really have to be focused and, I mean, it can be something tough on its own, but... We will talk about that in, entirely in another podcast. Yes, uh, but just to mention the fact that, you know, it's... It's okay if something doesn't seem to be as immediate or as strong as maybe you're expecting. It could be something that you might want to align with a moon phase then to just strengthen it, give yourself a little bit of extra help, that little bit of extra push. And again, it's kind of a back and forth. It's not to say you have to do it during this time, but if you're looking for a stronger result or you feel like you haven't been seeing one, it may not have been correlated with a time where that magic is strong. Yes, very much so. Um, uh, also, spells pertaining to bravery. Say there's something that you have been putting off because of any sort of personal fear. This is a good time to really push through your personal fears because the light is growing, which means you know you are on the side of that, that growth. That momentum is moving forward. Spells related to making friends, attracting new individuals, um, building uh, camaraderie, maybe even uh, uh, say your family is, is not... Um, uh, particularly close anymore, and you, you maybe you want to kind of push that together because you feel everybody needs it. Obviously, v- very be very very careful. Do not override will um, yeah. unless absolutely necessary. Um, oh, things pertaining to little luck here and there. So you know, again, you know, you go back to the idea of the fae and uh, really general uh, uh, self esteem, motivation, things like that. Um, now the, in the time of the, the Gibeus, that rising sort of power, this is the drive to the cadence, the, the anticipation of the full moon. Um, we think of, uh, goddesses relating to, uh, stars, uh, the, the times in, in, in which the constellations are also really affected. Um, uh, sorry. Oh yeah. So there are different times of day to also can consider uh, when working with every sort of moon phase. Obviously, the the um, uh, the earlier in the moon phase, you would think earlier in the evening would resonate more with it. You think the full moon usually around like close to midnight, and then like waning moon spells tend to work closer to the witching hour. Um, but that's if you want to get incredibly specific <laughs> on it, folks. And then we Which- can talk about the hours of each of the you know of the of particular angels, hours of particular uh, deities. You know, you think the hour of Venus, the hour of, of, of Mars, you know, understanding things like that. And that's a bit more specific and we'll go into it at a different time. But if you know anything about it and you want to dive into it, we're going to reference it now. So perhaps you can know more later.
Yes, and no pressure if that's not something you feel comfortable with uh, tackling right now or if ever, that's also okay. Uh, I tend to get a little overwhelmed if there's a little too many uh, guidelines in front of me because then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to try anything now. So again, you don't have to go crazy if you don't want to go hour by hour. It's honestly still going to work just fine. Uh, the biggest thing to keep in mind with the uh, with the gibbous moon is that, you know it, I I'd argue that uh, gibbous gibbous I'm adding an eye to it yeah no okay <laughs> so okay so actually I can actually tell you why I say it like that why do you say gibbous because a freaking science teacher I had in the seventh grade said it like that and I'm not quite sure why shouldn't he know well it was a she she shouldn't she have known they it's were gibbous? a she yeah. it is gibbous yeah gibbous gib gib gibbous no man, I don't care. <laughs> what the hell I'm doing? Uh, um, it's funny. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I'm sure um, everyone knew what you're saying. You know, truth be told, I, I'd argue that the uh, that the gibbous <laughs> is is a time where uh, the least time in which I see witches casting particular mm. spells because the anticipation of the full moon. People usually sometimes people only have enough mental co- mental like capacity and you know patience or like what's going on in their life to really sit down and do these things once every so often so That's usually people wait for the espit <laughs> and just you know celebrate the full moon um so uh anything related to um really kind of uh being inside of time really really understanding your own patience your own, the waiting game um Really being able to uh, reaffirmation would be a, a good thing to think about, and uh, uh, a reflective sort of time. It's the transition period within the transition period, <laughs> and you know, it'd be good too um, if you are someone that doesn't have a lot of time uh, to maybe every month make a goal to practice something during a new phase. So, if you are someone that really only gets to do things once a month, or you know, if that, then every month make a goal for yourself. Say, okay, this month it's going to be about the gibbous moon. This month it's going to be about the full moon. And then, obviously, you can do, if you really are set on doing full moon work or an espit work, then go for it. But I think it would be a cool little challenge to every month try practicing something that has to do with that moon phase so you get a little more accustomed to it. And then, you know, if you might find that you like to do something during another phase too and incorporate that. Very much so. Um, now, the moment we've all been waiting for, the long anticipation, uh, the full moon, the full moon, the mother phase of the triple goddess archetype. This is incredibly, you know, multifaceted, multi-purposed. Um, you can do pretty much anything during a full moon. Full moon is when the, the resonance is at its most powerful, especially what type of full moon it is. And that, that's a whole other variable. Obviously, we know there are different names for each one of the 13 moons of the year, friends. Um, and if it's a blue moon, that resonance goes mm. much more. Uh, the next full moon we are approaching is, you know, the cold moon, you know, the end moon, uh, the, the, the last moon before the beginning of the new uh, Julian calendar year. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, we're getting into winter, winter, like the denim winter. and S- Sometimes it's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people, really, like where people confuse moons, usually people confuse the harvest moon and the blood moon. That's a thing mm-hmm. that I can, yep. you can see a lot. The, the harvest moon is the moon that usually happens in September. The blood moon is the one that usually happens in October. Um, so we think... Uh, things that have a higher resonance of, uh, you know, of money uh, and 
prosperity is a good thing to do. Um, Anything with, uh, say, you're in the middle of, like, a court case, so, like, legal troubles, like, the full moon is a good time to kind of try to sway things that go on there. Be careful with that one. Um, Really promoting your psychic powers in and of itself. Uh, Drawing down the moon is the strongest at the time. Really, honestly, like, you can just do a spell if you're not trying to accomplish anything. Just simply meditate and draw down the moon. And how you can do that is with your wand, or you can just open your hands. It really depends on, you know, what you do if you use tools or the lack thereof. Um, reciting incantation and there are plenty of incantations you can find over the internet folks um, or you can you can make your own or you can find some in whatever your grimoires are and chant it re- repetitively and ask I, I never I never demand I, I always I always ask you know I, I always think that's the right thing to do an attitude of gratitude goes a long way in anything especially magic and working with hired uh, deities and divinity. Um, really visualize that silver shaft of energy beaming down and charging inside you. I'm certain a great deal of our viewers have to have watched anime. I mean, like, it seems to be a generational thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're a Dragon Ball Z or a Naruto fan, really the understanding of drawing energy and watching that build within yourself and, you know, the, the aura going around you. Really, that's the biggest idea of visualization. That's of a really good visualization, actually. Something to keep in mind. Um, you know, it's and even we reference like Avatar: The Last Airbender a lot. I mean, it's that. Well, that show is incredibly occult, and yes. it's uh, truth be told, it's probably more occult than than any anime you'll come across, or at least any mainstream one. You know, mm. you know more about anime than I do. So yeah, a few of them do uh, include some more occult things. I mean, there are one on like witches and stuff, and it, it tends to be a little bit more shallow rather than in-depth um even though it does include things like that i notice people can't do like they can talk about so many different things but they they, you know like witches there's still a (laughs) there's still a fanaticism behind it that people use as a selling point rather than uh a means to correct people yes yeah and you know so it is interesting how a lot of this has uh you know it's pervasive in our culture in our society so you can look for references everywhere and I'm sure you can see now why the full moon is one of the most popular. I mean, it includes a lot of great base things. And especially if you are starting out, I would say full moon work is the the place to be. And it, again, if you want to draw down the moon, that's something you can start with. If you're a little bit nervous as to doing maybe rituals by yourself or, you know, you haven't done anything at all. I would say that drawing down the moon is something that everyone can feel comfortable doing. Yes, most definitely. And... You know, you'll feel it. You'll know when she has made her energies aware inside your being. It's a shining, cold, refreshing cold, not a bit of cold. At least the things that I've experienced. It's a, it's a relaxing ring that exists within you. And you might feel pressure in the upper parts of your head. So by mm-hmm. your third eye or, you know, the, the crown of your head, um, which intertwine incredibly. Um... Anything, uh, if you want to, you know, work big with your art, say you're, I'm a vocal performer, so, um, you can, uh, really try to understand the subtext of your art, really dive into what was going on. This is also a good time to channel deities, channel other spirits, communicate, uh, with other spirits. Some people say this is a good time to do seances, uh, hidden higher knowledge, or even mundane knowledge if you want to access it. You know, the, the enlightenment of what was hidden from you. Think about it. The moon, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, 
the glossy silver light in the sky illuminating the darkness that is always constantly existing. The privilege that we have to even experience that. You know, we really think about that. Um, more intense love and romance, even lust-related spells uh, related to the full moon is a thing, especially the full moon in the dead of summer, which we will get to the seasons. Um, protection spells. Um, psychic power improvement you know so if you uh want to do anything you know related to your visions and divination you know now would be the time for the most clarity um i would also say that it is a great time to work with uh something called oneromancy which is dream magic if you want to take your crystals and try and that's another thing charge your crystals charge your crystals charge your crystals <laughs> In the moonlight. Charging your crystals oh, yeah. in the moonlight versus the sunlight is a, it's a very different thing. You, yeah. You'd be surprised what it can How do. How much – I can't believe we almost forgot about that. Um, mm -hmm. That's one of the most important things uh, to have a space outside or even by your window that will catch the moonlight to let all of your crystals charge. Um, you can't leave them out overnight completely. You could leave them out for a few hours. Again – you know, do what you can, but it will be stronger if you leave it out during the entire night. Um, and it's actually a good time to charge things like citrine because you can't put that in the sun, even though it's a sun crystal. Uh, so that's interesting to me, always. The idea of, <laughs> of, of things that are polar, sometimes uh, the opposite is what is needed. The citrine mm -hmm. is already representative of the sun, so it is the sun of its own essence. So why would it need more of the same thing? You yeah, know, it you, bleaches itself out when, uh, to, it does, when it's in the sun. To, 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 to quote Family Guy, uh, it's putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of his new favorite sayings right now. I really like that one. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so there's a wide variety of things you can do. The, the, uh, the opportunities are endless. Um, communicating you know, with deities is very strong at this point. Communicating with your spirit animals, your higher self, guardian angel, really anything in and of itself. Um, for those who are of a Catholic background, there's a reason why the Virgin Mary was incorporated with this time. Um, so you can, you know, perhaps... Recite the rosary. See what happens. See what envelops you. The possibilities are endless. Uh, now we come to the waning portions of the moon. We think of getting rid of things. Uh, getting rid of things, uh, let's say, negative emotions, things that you're holding on to that you don't longer need. Uh, Cord-cutting rituals um, uh, are a great thing to do, especially as you approach the darker portion of the moon. I would say do things that are a bit stronger uh, when you approach the um, – when you're closer to the dark moon, things that are a little bit – things that you want to wean yourself off a little bit more slowly, do at the waning uh, gibbous. Um uh, things related to divorce, removing someone's love for you, uh, cord cutting, you know, getting rid of people. Maybe you don't, maybe you have friends that uh, no longer um, uh, see eye to eye with you or they, they cause you negativity or anything of that nature. Um, removal of stress, uh, different types of protection. So the full moon uh, can be used for like all sorts of protection uh, related to things that are physical and metaphysical. But, you know, we think of the more metaphysical, you know, protecting yourself against things like curses when you think of the, uh, the waning moon. Um, getting rid of things. I, I think I said this already. I'm going to say it again. Addiction. Getting rid of any sort of addiction. It can be anywhere from cigarettes to all the way full-blown drug habits. Um, so it's also the time, you know, we, we think, you know, crap or get off the pot sort of thing. Um, you're at this crossroads, the time is moving, and you must move with it, you know, un unless you, you want to, you know, be there until the next phase comes. Um, the, 
end the as we get to the the last the last uh, parts of the moon. Um, you know, we think of uh, conjuring certain spirits that may be a little bit more unsavory than savory. Uh, working with entities that uh, might have a little bit more of a darker aura surrounding them. Darker, not necessarily meaning bad, but you know, there are consistencies. You know, and uh, in the archetypes that we see. Um, and as we come back to the Dark Moon, I've referenced before, another thing that you can think of is uh, getting justice that uh, might be a little bit more swift. Um, uh, removal of things in a very powerful way. It's the best time to do dark and black magic. Um, things pertaining to dealing with your enemies, you know, things or people that aren't so savory. I will always recommend, folks, that most people are just messed up and it, that, you know, cause you problems. And there's something, there's a pain that, that is a motivator to everyone, be it conscious or subconscious. So I'd always recommend that even if you are, like you're doing anything like a binding spell, which is different than a curse, um, I would strongly urge you to uh, put a little healing spin on that binding spell, to change it. Offer someone, uh, offer someone redemption. Everyone can be forgiven. If you don't believe that, perhaps you have trouble forgiving yourself. Um, it's, it's something I want you all to consider, uh, strongly that I, I would recommend. And again, I'm not telling you to do anything like at the end of the day, you're going to do whatever you want and it matters not to me, but forgive others as quickly as you'd like yourself to be forgiven. Yes. I think that's an important thing to, uh, keep in mind. And I totally agree with Andre on that. Though this also doesn't mean like if, if someone's like a real piece of garbage, like, you know, by all means, make their lungs explode, you know, oh like it's gosh. it's cool. You know, I, I don't I don't care. <laughs> Perhaps not literally. Uh, but again, uh, no, I, like... I know. I mean, literally, I'm being very I'm being very serious. Look, yeah. uh, so as you can tell, we we are Courtney's a little more wary of using that sort of uh, that sort of energy. But always remember is that those who deserve power seldom use it. Yeah. But if you never use it, it just becomes your burden. There's a time and place for everything, and I definitely can understand that. So that's really, it's up to you. It's your discretion. Um, again, we're not pushing something one way or the other. Uh, we are not recommending anything no. <laughs> one way or the other. It's just saying that Which is nothing... probably why I, I tend to be a little bit more um, opposite maybe on the podcast of you, is just so people know that there is another side. I don't mean to make it seem so black and white, but that tends to be me in conversation as I just like to highlight the opposite of whatever the person's talking about just so we have a little bit of a balance. Yes, of course. Well, you, or you tend to be more indifferent than you and you yeah. don't. You know, if you <laughs> I'm don't pretty wanna, indifferent. You don't want to deal with people. You kind of just, you, it's easy to, to shut certain things off. Not everyone's emotions work that way. And yeah. there, are, there are some people who do things that a price must be paid. Yeah. And, and uh, you, you, know, you got to do what's that. right for you. You know what I mean? And definitely... I would say just educate yourself, you know, learn as much as you possibly can before embarking on anything. And once you've learned something where you can say you've mastered it and you know enough, then you can use your own discretion, do what you have to do. Very much so. I will always strongly recommend friends that, uh, you know, I, I always looked at, at curses in a very, um, in a very Faustian stories sort of way is that offer the person redemption. And if they reach the crossroads of redemption and they choose the wrong path, oh well. You made that decision, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they, they had, you gave them one more chance. You really did. It's, you know, it's, uh, there, there's as much, uh, you know, cursing can actually, in that regard, it can be a very humbling experience because 
everyone can learn something involved. There's always something to be learned in these old legends. And, you know, truth be told, you know, some people's, you know. <laughs> yep, uh, but, you know, it's, it's up to you. You don't have to feel like you have to enact that justice or if you feel like it is necessary. Again, it's, it's up to you what to do. Karma doesn't work the way people think it does. Some people look at it in a very linear sort of way. Um, or the idea and the concept of karma, if you want to talk about the origins of where that word comes from. Mm. Um, but uh, I'd always say is that, like, you know, people always say, oh, karma's going to get some karma. But why, why do you think you're outside of that wheel? Why do you think you're outside of something? What if you are the karma? And also think about it, friends, is that a merciful person uh, showing justice uh, can benefits someone much more than a person who is not so much like I, I can give an example is that you know there's a time and your intuition will tell you you'll just know um and make sure especially if you you've asked yourself the question a good number of times from many different angles and perspectives is that uh and we'll probably talk more about this we'll probably do a whole episode on the idea of curses and, yeah. and binding and such um but and i'll reiterate this is that um Oh wow, my brain just my brain totally what? just stopped. <laughs> wow. Um Did you forget what you were gonna say? Yes. Give me a brief moment. It's okay. It's, it's really important. Moment. I mean, we wanna give you the information as uh, you know, accurately as possible. And it's okay. I mean, if we need to do another episode on it, that's fine too. We are kind of getting into a little bit of a tangent just because it's does have a lot to do with the waning moon. Um, you know, this phase is again one of the most mysterious phases and it has a lot to do with more of that darker energy did you remember no that's oh, okay I, I it'll be there for an, our episode for a different when we talk episode. about it i guess some anticipation wow my brain literally you know what it just means that we uh we weren't meant to go that deep into it because maybe we would have got a little too far off topic of the moon phases fair enough <laughs> you know um you know truth be told uh, we've been going on um uh, for about we're, we're we're approaching the the forty minute mark, and we have spoken just of the moon phases. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to perhaps maybe we could do another episode uh, simply on uh, the seasons and the days of the week, and this will essentially be a part two to this. I mean, yeah, that's up to you because we can. Uh, there's still like the days of the week. There's still. I mean, do you want to just do maybe the zodiac thing quick, and then we can yeah. do days of the week and seasons? Actually, yeah. So we're talking okay. about the moon. So the celestial bodies would be something good. I will let you finish up <laughs> with that, and I will sure. chime in. Um, and now everyone can be involved in our decision making process because clearly we didn't decide this beforehand. So astrology is obviously for those who know it's incredibly multifaceted, folks. We are not affected by just one sign. We are affected by all the signs and different degrees of resonance depending on when you were born, where the Earth is sitting, where uh, the planets sit in relative to the uh, the constellations. Uh, so they're uh, cons constellations. constellations. Con yeah, why did I say constellation? Like wow. a consolation prize. Yeah, consolation prize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Keep talking. You're really gonna get an uppercut for you. All. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, you might also notice again, like I'll say, in a couple books, if you do pick up um, practical magic books, if you pick up the herb magic book, I mean, we we like that for beginner series. So you're gonna probably see um, that it's associated with a planetary. Uh, you know, uh, symbolism as well. So that's why I'd like to kind of go into this a little bit because we're going to go over zodiac and it'll also go over elements. You're going to see plants that are associated with certain elements, um, spells, you know, things that might work well with a certain elemental uh, connection. So that's part of this whole, uh, you know, 
backstory to our spell work and why we decided to try to do phases and things like that beforehand so you have a little more information going into it. Uh, now, the signs of the zodiac we're all familiar with. We'll start from the beginning. Uh, Aries, you know, March 21st, April 20th is ruled by Mars and it's also associated with the element of fire, which I'm sure any Aries can confirm that. Um, <laughs> and again, these are going to be just the the sun signs. Um, and it's going to I'll go over like the moon phase they're with and things like that. But like we said, there's a couple of different signs that affect you as a person. So this just right now focus on your sun sign to connect with it. Um, when the sun is in Aries... Uh, the new moon is also in Aries, and the full moon is in Aries when the sun is in Libra. So that's something to keep in mind with your spell work. Understanding the zodiac wheel and and how it pivots, folks. You know, and the the the, um, the number twelve is a, is a big thing to keep in mind. And we will go further in that when we discuss the signs and astrology in a full episode. Oh yes, that'll be a great episode, and I'm sure many parts along because astrology is a very big topic. Um, now, just things that you can do when Aries, um, when the moon is in Aries, sorry, uh, it's good for starting new projects or business ventures. It's good for some extra courage. Uh, you know, I mean, the energy of Aries is that, that ram, that, you know, full force energy, just going in a direction, uh, and really just having a lot of courage. Um, it's a good time to buy cleanse and bless your magical tools with a blade so more of that you know masculine fiery energy um i mean aries is it's just literally a different writing but it's pronounced the same as the as the greek god so and you know ruled by mars the uh roman god mm -hmm. uh, is equivalent to aries so. yes uh though uh aries was always portrayed a little bit more aggressive and uh unliked by his fellow gods, whereas Mars uh, is seems to be more like Tyr from uh, the Norse pantheon. Yes. Uh, so again, this is also related to personal strength and self-improvement. It's good to have that energy of breaking bad habits during the waning moon, um, you know, doing a shift in how you do things. Uh, it's good for anything related to military or, you know, that kind of sort of energy and protection. Um, now, you don't have to be part of this sign to get the full benefits of any sort of magic done during the moon in Aries. Uh, it's just, you know, these are the kind of things you want to keep in mind when doing your spells. So say you're doing um, a certain love spell. Not that you can't do it in an Aries moon, but just to be aware of the energies that are at play to know what results you're going to get. I would say it's not the best to do, but... Again, I mean, it unless you like lusty, aggressive sex, I mean, and, and by <laughs> which case, go for it. But there's a price to everything. Exactly, and that's something to keep in mind. Um, so the next one uh, in the wheel is Taurus, and it's ruled by Venus, as Andreal knows very well. And the element is Earth. Uh, so, did you want to talk about your sign? Yes. Uh, so, uh, so Aries being a cardinal sign. Okay, so the, for those of you who don't know, there's, there's the cardinal, the fixed, and the mutable signs. What that means is is that um, a cardinal is um, the zodiac sign that comes at the beginning of a season. The 
Fixed signs are the, you know, the middle, the medium between the cardinal and the mutable. Uh, the fixed sign is what falls between the beginning and the end of the season. And the mutable signs fall at the end of the season. So mutable signs waning, you know, we go back to that, that triple three, you know, it's kind of similar to the idea when you think about the, the moon is that, you know, people with mutable signs tend to be more, tend to be more passive, tend to be more, um, the, um, uh, go, go with the flow. Um, uh, people tend to be possibly a little bit more, uh, foundational and working in behind the scenes rather than in front of cardinal people tend to be really in your face. Fixed signs tend to be a medium between those things. Yes. And as a mutable sign, I can tell you, mutable does not mean wishy-washy. You see, it doesn't mean wishy-washy. It just, you know, I, I just, I, I definitely see a lot of mutable signs just tend to be pretty indifferent to, yeah. to people in certain situations. Um, but, uh, yes, um, you know, Taurus being ruled by Venus, um, from, uh, you know, April, you know, April 21st, uh, April 20th, rather, it really depends, like, cusps are a thing as well, folks, so, like, you'll, if you're born on a cusp, you'll know which one you are if you study yourself thoroughly, um, uh, Taurus is related to things in regards to material comfort. Material comfort, you know, like if, if you don't watch, can you know be something that's uh, you know you you seek comfort only in material, and you can become materialistic in a negative sense. But I also look at it as like being uh, material related is that your spirituality and your connection through material things is stronger than the average person. Um, protection of uh, particular materials lost. Um, protection from damage and theft. Um, love spells are also um, uh, best used at this time, strengthening existing long-term relationships and finding uh, one's life partner, you know, as opposed to that, that sounds like the opposite of yeah. something like Aries. So if you, if you work with both of those energies, you know, you'd be surprised, you know. Um, and also uh, one thing I will say to keep in mind is that, like, be advised is that when you're working with a particular um, uh Zodiac sign. Be aware is that like the ones that they the also the ones that uh, go good uh, in tandem with them, and ones that don't that are not so good and uh, in what it is. So when you're casting, you may you know directly be Taurus. You might be indirectly uh, affecting the other Earth signs or affecting the other signs that are the opposite on the zodiac wheel. Mm -hmm. So the opposite of uh, Aries, I want to say, is Scorpio, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, so you look at that, you can see on the Zodiac wheel, it's essentially you see the wheel and it's literally the, so if, if one thing is at 12 o'clock, it's opposite is at six, you know, it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, actually funny enough, when the full moon is in Taurus, the sun's in Scorpio. So to just speak to that as well. Um, and something else that I'm sure Andrea can really relate to is during this moon, uh, you want to do anything that's related to art. So building new uh, galleries, you know, new hubs of art, um, putting in auditions, going on auditions, uh, having uh, exhibitions and performances um, when the moon's in Taurus. It's perfect. It's about household things, you know, again, security, family, business partners. Um, so it's it's a really good moon phase and it kind of you can see why it's related like these elements are related to a fixed earth sign. Uh, okay, and the next one is Gemini, so that's ruled by Mercury and the element of air, May 21st to June 20th, um, and, you know, again, when, with all of them, when the sun is in this sign, the new moon is going to be in that sign, um, and when the full moon's in Gemini, the sun is in Sagittarius, 
this is a good time to work on div- divination and prophecy, uh, wishing spells, luck in gambling. So maybe not prosperity spells when you want something tangible and definite to happen. It's a little more about gambling, which again, up to you, I guess. Uh, communication, of course, because of Mercury. And, uh, you know, when you want people to look at the work you produce as positive and you want people to be accepting of things, um, it can do anything from your business to uh, school. So, you know, any papers or success in school, anything you're working on, um, getting into certain schools. So these are all things that are associated with a moon in Gemini. Um, next is cancer. So it this is really great because it's ruled by the moon. So, I mean, if you're going to do moon magic, might as well have it during a zodiac that's ruled by the moon. Uh, and it's the element of water. Again, moon, water, all connected. Uh, it's June 21st to July 20th. And uh, when the full moon's in Cancer, the sun is in Capricorn. So, again, keep that in mind with your energies working, you know, your spells and stuff. Um, now, this is with to increase love and respect in a family unit during, like, the waxing moon. Uh, and to banish barriers and uh, disharmony in your family during the waning moon. So sort of similar to Taurus in that it has to do, again, with a familial unit, uh, with, you know, energy like that. But this is more, I would think, about the emotions of your family. Again, with water, you know, um, you want to calm emotional turmoil, heal pain, kind of cleanse and purify things. And it's also good for protecting your home and psychic development and divination. Also a really great time for kitchen and garden witchery. So when we do go over herb magic uh, and more of the green witch stuff, cancer is a, when the moon's in cancer, full moon's in cancer, it's a great time to work on that. So, uh, you know, if that does work out when you're starting, that would be awesome. Otherwise, you know, you can do it any time of the year. Uh, herb magic is just good for uh, strengthening other spells. So next after this would be Leo is ruled by the sun and the element of fire. Um, again, very quite obvious if you have met a Leo before, um, when they are really not muted by their moon sign, um, any, you know, Leo sign that is really representative of that sun sign, you can tell, uh, July 21st to August 20th. Um, now the full moon is in Leo and the sun is in Aquarius. So that's an interesting thing to keep in mind as well. Um, now a good time, this is a good time to do spells related to sex and passion during the waxing moon. So, you know, more of that, uh, energy instead of the long-term things like with Taurus. Um, and if you want to banish obsession and banish more of the negative aspects of those things, do it during the waning moon. Um, now this is also, again, really good for having people receive you well during concerts, theater production, any performance, um, getting people to support your hobbies or successes in sports. So during the waxing moon, uh, that's something that's interesting. A lot of these signs do have to do with how people receive you, how well you do during the arts. Um, and it's also during the waning, you might want to remove barriers to any of your successes in these different fields. Um, and also any spells related to your companion animals. So Leo is represented by a lion. It, uh, you know, is very loyal. So anything to do with maybe your dogs or any sort of animal you have around the house, uh, and he works for cats as well, or birds or anything, uh, anything that's your companion. So that's a good time to work with magic with that. Maybe do your meditations to connect with your familiar or a spirit animal. This would be a good time to work with those energies. 
uh, then is Virgo. So me, ruled by the planet Mercury, just like Gemini, so we connect on that, and the element of Earth. Um, now, you can see a pattern in astrology about how it works with, uh, you know, like Andrea was saying, like fixed, um, sorry, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Um, Leo is a fixed sign, and then Virgo goes into mutable. So I'm a mutable, go-with-the-flow kind of person. Again, I'd like to point out not wishy-washy because a lot of people tend to think that. Um, And when I'm viewed in a more negative aspect, I can be viewed as either a doormat or wishy-washy. Not appreciated. Uh, So giving strength to the Virgos out there that we're not like that. Um, This is from August 21st to September 20th. uh, When the full moon is in Virgo, the sun is in Pisces. So that watery emotional energy to keep in mind. Uh, And I'm sure going through these, you can kind of see why this magic is associated with these signs. Because with Virgo, it's a good time to purchase, make things, cleanse, consecrate, dedicate things. All very, I think, things that are associated with how Virgos just do their daily life. I mean, very organized. Uh, It might be organized chaos, but still organized, Um, you know, having a way to do things. Um, And your uh, ritual and altar tools, a good time to cleanse and purify those, your home, um, any spell work related to health and your house and your home would be supported during this phase, um, during this moon rather, and as well as employment um, and employment in a health or service career, which if you look up things about uh, Virgo, we tend to be really prosperous and do really well in the health and service career. So careers, so that's why this is associated with that. It's also a good time to get organized and do magic related to good domestic help. Um, So if you're a little bit messy in your house and you need to get that energy going where you want to clean and you want to keep things orderly, Virgo moon is a great time to do that. Then you have Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus, so then associated with Taurus in that way, and the element of air. September 21st to October 20th, when the full moon's in Libra, the sun is in Aries, so keep that in mind. Um, Now, Libra's more of that balanced energy, but then Aries is a little more fiery and direct. Um, That's what I messed up. Okay, so yeah, when when a sun sign... it's complete opposite. I, I, I'm just realizing now. You know, no, it's not. The opposite of Aries is not Scorpio. It's 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 Libra. Okay. Correction. <laughs> um, Libra moon is a good time to do spells related to marriage, um, contractual partnerships, any business, legal, justice system matters. Uh, funny enough, it's related to marriage because marriage used to be a contractual business obligation. So I guess there's your reason, reason for that one. Um, it also has to do with the more negative things where it's divorces or criminal court. Um, but if you want to strengthen something, any of those aspects, do it during the waxing. If you want to rid it, waning. So again, with your marriage, romantic relationships or any sort of business and legal thing, if you want positive results, waxing. If you want to get people out of your life, waning. Um, you can also do spells to ensure that people get karma delivered to them so again libra justice uh i'd say it's more of a balanced sort of karma in that aspect not very vindictive at all uh the next one is scorpio so scorpio is ruled by mars and pluto and the element of water october 21st to november 20th when the full moon is in scorpio the sun is in taurus so that was the complete opposite obviously when we went over taurus um but it's a good time to cast obsession spells if there's ever a good time for that. Sounds weird. Uh, but also self-defense and protection. 
um, and exorcisms during waning and banishing negativity. Um, you want to increase courage during waxing uh, and give you strength. Spells related to death, rebirth, inheritance, sex, lust, human fertility, and passion. All good things to do during a Scorpio moon. Um, I'm going to definitely have to speed this up because we're running out of time unless you think we should do this second half next time. Uh, just uh, give, give, a, give a bridged. Just okay, give a bridged, a bridged. Sagittarius, Jupiter, fire. November 21st to December 20th. Sun in Sagittarius. Oh, sorry. Moon in Sagittarius. Sun is in Gemini. So this is good for school, your studies, college, high school, anything like that. Good impression on professors, um, any sort of religious activity. So Sagittarius connected to divination, gods, long distance travel. Those are all great things to keep in mind. Uh, Then Capricorn, ruled by Saturn and Earth. December 21st to January 20th. Um, the full moon's in Capricorn, the sun is in Cancer. So this is masculine fertility, fatherhood, uh, all types of banishment during the waning moon, and also it supports business and career ventures um, and success. So that's always great. Uh, Aquarius, ruled by Saturn and the element of air. Uh, The full moon's in Aquarius and the sun is in Leo. So this is not a good time to do magic for yourself. Focus on other groups, organizations, um, or something you want to influence and support. So other people, it's a good time to do dream work, attract new friends, or, you know, bring people into a certain group. So maybe your coven or work groups, things like that. Strengthen relationships and group ties, uh, uncover mysteries or secrets. So focus on other people during an Aquarius full moon. Uh, Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and Neptune and has the element of water. This is at the end of our zodiac wheel, February twentieth to March. Sorry, February twenty first to March twentieth. The full moon is in Pisces, and the sun will be in Virgo. Uh, so it's good for astral dream magic, expanding your consciousness, all psychic and divination work, also personal development, and expanding your boundaries. So I managed to get through it really quick. I'm sorry. I don't want to give less attention to anyone that was at the second half of that zodiac wheel. You're just just as much appreciated. Yes. So, um, also, uh, so we, uh, essentially we, the next time we will reference uh, the seasons and the days of the week and those correspondences. And then afterwards we will go more into specific spells and, you know, we'll try to coordinate all of these things together, have a little bit more organization. <laughs> um, so, uh, we today, uh, if you want to look up, you know, things focal points really good focal points online to use uh there's a website called angelfire.com there's also wikipedia uh these are all good reference points and of course the herb magic book uh from ellen dugan and uh there were plenty of others that we will reference and i'm certain that you'll put in the show notes yes i will get myself more caught up with those and yeah i definitely want to give credit where credit is due uh these are all great books to get information from all great websites things like that So thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Again, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, We now have a Twitter, which is cool. So everyone, please follow us on Twitter because I'm not the best with Twitter just yet. So I'd love the support. Um, And then also Facebook. We have the Spellcast podcast group and page. Uh, If you want to join Patreon and help support the show, you can join Patreon. And then you'll be into the Spellcast coven group on Facebook and also the Instagram group and Snapchat. So we'd really appreciate your support for everyone that is on our Patreon and Anchor listener support. Thank you guys so, so much. We really do appreciate it. Um, We love giving you that extra content and we love just having your support. So thank you very much, guys. And we will talk to you next time. 
So remember, there's a little witch in all of us. And spirits live in the mirror.